Hi there, Kelly Moulton with Vimond Close-Up. Uh, welcome. I'm sitting here with Jacobo Tolmesia, who is actually a former Vimonder, uh, but more importantly now, the, the founder and CEO of an amazing blockchain tech company called Hubi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So a lot of people have heard the term blockchain, have heard the term crypto, but few people, I think, actually know what the hell it is. Uh, so I think we need to start very much at Blockchain 101 and just help us understand, first and foremost, you know, demystify it. What is blockchain in a nutshell? Okay, that's a good question. Um, so despite the fact that I've been around technology for 25 years, it did take me quite a bit of time to find, to find a simple uh, paper blog post that would describe in in, in simple terms, what the blockchain is, and I just I just remember of one that is started the following way. So imagine I give you this pen, right? All right. So what has happened? Note for the record, I've been given a pen. But yeah, I'm a pen freak, so I'll have it yep, back. Uh, but, yep. but that's what the blockchain's um, for, right? Indeed, that's right. Indeed. But right now, think about what I've done. I've physically given you a pen. I didn't need to ask Espen or anybody to 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 be part of the transaction, right? To it, witness it or verify it. Absolutely. You just gave me this a pen. is what peer to peer works, right? Now, imagine for a second that we wanted to, to do the same in a digital world, right? So I could create a digital token that represents that pen, and I could send it to you. So there's a digital version of this pen, Absolutely. as opposed to the real pen Absolutely. that's being sent to me. Absolutely. I and could what do use is the digital version of something I could do tangible? That. Yeah. Having said that, if I did that, if I created that token that represents that pen and I send that to you, you would be wondering how, how do you know that I haven't, for example, created a copy and send the same digital pen to my wife or to Espen or to anybody else? Or I don't have another copy elsewhere. Right. This, is, this would be what we call the, the double spending problem, right? So a way to mitigate that issue, the way you do is that you use a, a, a ledger, right? Like accountants use, yep. which is simple book, bookkeeping, referencing who owns what at any given moment. Right. So this has a unique ID. Yep. And now that has been ascribed to Kelly Moulton, and that's written down in a ledger or the blockchain. Correct. On, on a ledger. I haven't got to the blockchain yet. Okay. Right? So I've started with the physical pen, then we move to the digital pen, and now we talk about how can we keep track of who owns what. Right. Let's say that Espen is controlling that ledger, right? And, well we still haven't solved the problem because I need to trust that he is not misusing that ledger and he is not creating new pens on that ledger. You don't know that, I don't know that, right? So the way you can get away or fix that problem is by creating a ledger that it is public and it is decentralized and everybody has got access Everyone to it. Everyone has access to absolutely, it. To, mm. Absolutely. So there are specific rules to write to that ledger, right? And... Uh, what do you make sure of? Is that now a blockchain? Yes. Now we're talking about the so blockchain. So when you take that ledger and make it decentralized and publicly available, mm -hmm. it has become a blockchain. Yes. What in this we case mean by is. blockchain. And this so, so, so the blockchain itself is a technology underneath, right? Which is a, a very inefficient database that uses uh, cryptographic technology to make sure that the information is tampered so you cannot mess with. Okay. Right? You just said inefficient database. Yes. Because the blockchain, it is built for one purpose, which is security in this case. It is not built for uh, 
commercial scale, for example. All right, but we'll get to that in a second. The problems of the blockchain. Yeah. But but today you're telling me that basically, blockchain is a database mm-hmm. using crypto technology to enforce its security, yep. so that no one can mess with it. Somehow, yeah. Right. Yep. And that should be good enough for kind of a a common layman's understanding of what blockchain is. Yeah. Okay. So I think I have an understanding of blockchain. Why is this supposedly so revolutionary? You know, I, I, uh, I'm pretending ignorance, but I, of course, have, in, have investigated a bit, and I'm starting to get sold on that it's basically enabling the next fundamental transactional layer of the web. Is that correct? Is that in many aspects it is. In many aspects it is yeah. absolutely correct. And um, and the reason why it's revolutionary is because you can you can enable transactions without having to trust the other part. With no middleman. Exactly. So peer to peer transactions. Yeah. Is really the heart of the revolution. Um, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. But it is just one piece of it, right? Yeah. Together with the with the ability to tokenize anything. The ability to create a digital version of anything. Correct. Plus the ability to trade now directly with anybody. For example, yeah. That's, that's represents a very, the revolution that's That's going a very on. good use case. So right. give us give us a, an idea of what that means. Well, I want to talk more broadly than the media industry, but since this is a media industry podcast, why don't we start with content owners maybe mm-hmm. and, and give us an idea if I'm – if I'm uh, CBS News or if I'm in charge of iFlix or TV2Sumo, how I can get my hands around blockchain and use it in a practical way today? Depending on the blockchain technology you use, one of the, the second largest blockchain, which is Ethereum, yep. what you can use as well is what we call a smart contracts. Smart contracts are a piece of code. It is just a program that lives on the blockchain itself. And you can use it to enable or to force business rules on specific items. Yep. Right? Then is when it starts to get very interesting. And now we can get into content. Okay. So I could create a piece of content and I could tokenize it, or I could create a token that represents that specific type of content. That could be True Detective Season 3. For example. Could be the piece of content. For example. And now the, you know, and then some of the rules you could enable would be that only specific people can access it, right? Or you could enable that uh, if you want to access it, you, then you need to pay a specific amount of money based on some business rules. Like if we look at the, if we think about ads, CPM model is very easy to implement at a smart contract level, right? So if you're going to, if X, Y, and Z happens, then this other rule has to also happen, like a payment, there is one topic that is definitely going to be is, is going to change completely because of the blockchain. That is the ad industry, right? So I think that today, approximately ninety percent of the entire revenue ends up in the pockets of two companies: Facebook and Google. Second, there is an absolutely huge void in terms of knowledge and visibility, or what is well, happening. publishers are being ripped off. I mean, fraud. 100%. not saying Google and Facebook are ripping them off, no, no, but no, like no. it's it's pretty well known that like what thirty percent of inventory is bogus or or whatever. So it's like, how can you actually track that ad number one was delivered precisely when I said it was going to be delivered and it reached Y number of? Is this absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah, okay. absolutely. So the so, traceability of advertising. Absolutely. So. If if you allow me to go back for a second, go back. To Sorry, the, I got excited. To the pen, interrupted. 
Oh, to the pen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because as as mentioned before, once we have that traceability of that pen on the distributed ledger, right? Uh, you can actually see where it is. You can see there's no double spanning. You can see who has who has owned it before and so forth, right? So in a single sentence, it would be that the uh, trading, um, traceability, accountability, even discoverability of ads is going to change in every in every sense because today it is borderline a monopoly. You say 30, but some figures are up to 50%. It tends to be fraud. You have no idea. So if, if, if you are... So 100% traceability of advertising. Of course. Is that what we're saying? Of course. So you can create an ad. So if you are the little barbershop, right, yep. from the corner, and you would like to spend a 1,000 krona to create an ad just to promote, you know, that on Friday afternoons, people, when they leave home, uh, work before they go home, they stop by to have a haircut. So you would like to have an offer, right? An offer on Facebook. I didn't have to say Facebook, but I did. On a forum where it's going to be 100 krona instead of 250 krona. So you go to this marketplace, ad marketplace. You could create that ad, right? You immediately see where the money goes from, for uh, where the money goes to, the, money, the 1,000 krona that you have just paid. You can immediately see, you could see, of course, if this was running on public blockchain, through which channels is being distributed, you can immediately see who is clicking on it. In terms of GDPR, that might not be very pretty. It doesn't have to be Kelly has clicked on it, but it could be somebody in Bergen. Yep. And um, and then from there, of course, you know, you could even turn it into into what conversion rate you have. But most importantly, you know where your money has gone to, and uh, how the ad is being distributed, and um, yeah, who is really interacting with it. So you make sure that it does not end up in a click farm in Bangladesh. Thank you. So why hasn't blockchain more widely impacted society and business today? I mean, what's stopping this from just taking over today? We're going to need more than these. We can have a few conversations, okay. but help us understand the the problems because there are clearly problems yeah otherwise this magic wonderful thing would be taken off like wildfire right and being adopted so it is a multi-dimensional problem i'm afraid to say start with one dimension also, yeah of course uh, i will just name a few and then and then you can okay. tell me which name one. the dimensions so one of them is that it is complex this is not built by engineers this is built by mathematicians and cryptographers and historically, these guys don't build easy things, right? Uh, second is the media. The media doesn't really help. And the media, you know, the, the media is meant to inform, educate, and hopefully entertain. And they don't do any of those three things when they talk about blockchain. Maybe sometimes they entertain because they talk about all the crap happening around crypto. Crypto. And then third is because crypto, it is apparently kind of the only obvious use case today. Because it has it, been so far. And it has taken off. So, And that has definitely changed. But mainly the trading of it as opposed to the application of it, as far as I can right. tell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, now you have some some companies implementing what we call fiat-backed tokens or stable coins. And uh, they're even backed by very large investors, like under Hor- Horowitz invested mm. uh, close to $100 million in a company in Denmark. Mm. Called a maker, mm. maker. Now and then, and then the fourth one is just that the technology is raw. It's very, very raw, irrespective of what the world says. Um, currently, the top blockchain in the world, which is Bitcoin, 
Now we're talking about the is the top in terms of of market cap, most widely adopted, or for example, or? number of nodes. Okay, so it can only process about nine transactions per second globally, and the second that doesn't sound like many. <laughs> no. Okay. No, and then the second blockchain, which is Ethereum, does between ten to fifteen on a good day transactions per second, per second globally per second. So now you can imagine that if you mix all these three things together, it is or four things I don't know how to mention. It is is virtually impossible to build anything on top of it, right? Because very soon it's just traffic jam. Yeah, and in October, and you're waiting th- three hours for a response. In October 2017, we were speaking with a headhunter in Australia that mixed his passion, which was cryptocurrencies, with his work, which is headhunting, and he told us there were 600 people worldwide with some knowledge of how to write smart contracts. So there is a phenomenal lack of talent as well. So there's technical issues. There's concept issues in terms of how, just like I'm asking you, how do I actually find a practical use case and get started? Like right. literally, where do I go and what do I use? Give me an example. That still is, you know, largely on the industry itself. That's why we're having this podcast to try and help educate and evangelize mm-hmm. uses of the technology. But then, even once we've gotten that buy-in, there are technical problems that need to be solved, which I presume is what Hubi itself is working on, yeah. uh, which we can get to. And then third is just, uh, it's very early days. And there are a few people who actually know what they're talking about. And there's a lot of people pandering bullshit. Oh, 99.99% of them are yeah. either professional bullshitters or so professionals. So you're 0.01%. We are indeed. Good. Or, or, so what's Hubi doing? In this mess to right. solve it and bring it to the masses. Absolutely. So what we have done, what we have solved, it is the scalability issues of the Ethereum blockchain. So we have fixed, yeah, the throughput. We have fixed the latency. So how fast can I drive my car? What what, what metaphor do you want to use? What's the transactions per second now? So we measure on a per wallet because okay. every user that interacts with the system, as mentioned, you need a wallet to have either your tokens or your money. So we are looking at 15 transactions per second per user. Per user. Okay. Yes, per user. Now, we have deployed we deployed the first version of the protocol in June last year to the what is called the testnet. We have deployed the production version now in January to the mainnet to production. We are currently implementing what is called withdrawals and and, and uh, settlement on the protocol and I think first week of March we're focusing on performance. Okay. We will be looking at scaling as much as any web app. Hmm. So it will be it will be a problem of money only. How much you, how much you want to scale it will depend on how much money you want to spend, right? Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's what we have built and we have built it in the form of what is called a layer 2 solution. Right? So layer 1 would be the blockchain itself. So we still use the blockchain itself yeah. as a bastion for security and decentralization, right? And uh, there is a bunch of code that has been written on that layer one, which comes in the form of smart contracts. And then layer two is where the magic happens. So you deposit money uh, into the protocol, and then we can perform very fast transactions on the layer two. I feel like I feel like I'm beginning. To get my head around it, I feel like I'm I'm starting, like the the the, the very already dim watt light bulb <laughs> that is my head, is 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 just starting to to flicker. You know, um, 
wearing my other hat, which is as an investor in sort of early stage, you know, technology, a huge question when it comes to this stuff is like, why now? And it seems to me both as now, having said I was just wearing my investor hat, both as a theoretical content owner hat as well as an investor hat, it's like, it sounds really, really early, Jacobo. Like, so, so, you know, when really is the right time to start? Is, is, is the world ready for commercial scale applications now? You know, and, and one of our main customers at Vimon, iFlix, or, um, yeah, I, I, is the time now? Absolutely it is. Okay. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Even though it's very, very early. Well, is, is it? I don't think it is early. Well, you just told me only 600 people know smart or whatever you told me. Smart, smart. Yeah, that was in October. <laughs> yeah, but since, since then. Since then, there's no, 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 1,200 people. No, 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 no. It, it, is actually, it is actually better than that because it was 600 people in October or in September 2017. Today, Ethereum is the fifth biggest GitHub project, right? So okay. it, it seems to be attracting between ten to 12,000 new developers every month. So, so That's a good one. Now so, you're starting to... So certainly the momentum has been built, right? Yep. We don't need to talk about ICOs and how much money they drew in 2017 and 2018. Nope. I'm um, more interested in the commercial application no, as we talked about. Indeed, so. indeed, indeed. But what is clear is that the, the time is exquisite. And reason being is because any infrastructure play this this early in the process if successful is very very successful and and there are plenty of examples from other verticals of the tech industry yeah and um there is the appetite there's a clear appetite not only because of cryptocurrencies but because of multiple use cases in industries that can today benefit from integrating a blockchain and as i sit here and listen to you what i'm thinking of in terms of like a follow-up as we sit here and run out of time a bit, um, and I would very much like to do a follow-up, is to actually drill down on how an early adopter, a content owner, early adopter, brave pioneer of blockchain tech, can uh, leap past the competition because of the uh, consumer choices they're enabling, as well as the new revenue models that they're enabling. So I think if we if we almost put a pause here and say, we hope you come back to the studio in a few weeks. So I want to pick up around just that, that, that topic. But I always like to conclude, having said that, with one question, which is, what question should I have asked you today that I didn't ask? Which, what were you expecting me to ask that uh, I stupidly didn't ask you? Or what point would you like to make before we conclude, if any? Educate yourself on the subject and not by reading the media. That is the most important. Where do I go? What are so, the trusted sources of, other than Hubi? What are the trust other than the Vimon blog? Yeah. <laughs> what are the trusted sources of information when it comes to blockchain? I would certainly look. I mean, in Medium, you have a lot of talented people uh, writing about yes yeah. about blockchain. Uh, now, though, there is a little a little risk in there, right? It's just that the old school guys who has been around the tech for a decade now, they tend to be what we call maximalists, right? So when we were discussing before about the ledger, and then if you give the ledger to a thousand computers and it is fully decentralized, um, they they think that way. And and uh, there is nothing wrong with having everything fully decentralized and, and no and no single 
no single operator controlling this and that. But they immediately get into a, a line of thought that's, that can complicate things even more, right? Mm. So first of all, you, you, you really need to understand the basics of what a blockchain is. And then second, you need to try to map it out into how can this fix a problem for me? It is not an end. It is a mean to an end. Yep. That is what a blockchain is. Who today is using blockchain in a way that you admire? Who is doing a proof of concept or who has done a case study where you went, ah, those people get it? In the absolute terms, nobody that I know of. Because very often, very often uh, corporations have used the basic fallacy that this is just another another hype and trend and then they mislead the the buyer into implementing blockchain for something that is not useful or for example in a centralized server you mean a private in a private blockchain yeah so you say private blockchains are bullshit oh yeah absolutely for reasons of um for reasons that it defeats the purpose that's what i thought Private blockchain defeats the purpose. Let's hold that thought. We're going to come back to speak to Jacobo about uh, breakthrough advertising or revenue models as well as consumer choice for the content owner. Thank you so much. Thank you.